0: Hello, it's Nicole Paige Brooks from Atlanta, Georgia. RuPaul's Drag Race Season 2 here on Drag Dish with Naomi Winters. W- your beat, I see that runway there. You better make I'm 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 When I to see this, it's my ride. It's my Do right, right. you yeah. <speaking> That's your ride. Right, yes, this is Drag Dish, and I am Naomi Winters. I am joined with the one and only uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race, James
1: Mansfield. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm on Naomi Small's podcast. This is incredible. <laughs> this, this is not the right one. Hold, I'm going to put my manager on the phone just one second. <laughs> Hi, you're talking to James, Mr. James, James's manager. How can I help you? <laughs> okay. That's, <laughs> yes. that's my way that's my workaround because I can't do that voice the whole podcast. I'm sorry. Yes.
0: <laughs> that's fun. I love it. Yes. Ah, uh, I was not <laughs> expecting that. Yes. Yes. Wake them up. <laughs> sickening yes queen <laughs> yes is, is that one of your sp- <laughs> <laughs> right is is that actually one of your uh specialties
1: uh, james <laughs> what's that getting out of um, podcast is talking as the girl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> gotta save the voice when they're paying you that's how it goes <laughs>
0: hello hello Hello. Um, For listeners uh, out there who don't know who James Meansfield is, which I'm hoping you do, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, James.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I guess everyone knows her now from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9. She was the winner of the season, first place. And outside of that, I guess she'd be known for her outstanding work on YouTube. She's very, very humble. (laughs) It's okay. <laughs> I, hey, nothing wrong with that.
0: It's actually nice to speak to another humble queen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's okay. This is this is literally a safe place. Uh place. We want you to brag about yourself a little. Tell us all. Um even just scrolling um, by your Twitter. For um, one of the queens that had a shorter stint on Drag Race, um, you still have quite a quite a following. But not even just uh, Twitter or Instagram, but YouTube. Um, and I think that's quite yes. amazing.
1: Uh, thank you. I mean, I worked really hard for it. Like the show was really more of a launching pad for me as a performer and an entertainer. Because um, I didn't get to be on it very long. So after I was kicked out, you basically are you know thrown into the world and whatever you had, you got to make the most of. And I feel like I've done pretty well with my 15 minutes. (laughs)
0: Right. I agree. Okay.
1: I mean, Um, yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) No, go ahead. No, go ahead, please.
1: (laughs) I I mean, like, like going home first is rough and I didn't have that many shiny examples to go off of. Like they kind of had that, you know, stigma to them that they would go off first and they would never be seen again. Mm -hmm. So, I wanted to work to change that. Like Kelly Mantle had done a lot to prove that she was more than what people thought of her, as did Penny. But like a lot of girls before that, you don't really necessarily hear a whole lot about them. And I don't know if that's just the lack of just exposure or whatnot, but I knew I had the YouTube in my back pocket, and that was essentially what I was known for before the show. And I just wanted to use that to the best of my advantage to prove what I could do on the show it wasn't necessarily what was shown. And you use that as a way of deflecting those negative comments about yourself and showing what you can do and you are talented and you are, you do have value. That was my whole stance on my approach to how I was eliminated on drag race and how I was going to repair my reputation afterwards.
0: Okay. <clears throat> With <laughs> 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 the- That was a very loaded answer uh, or even response. Um, so in comparison uh, uh and i asked this again with uh, uh a couple of the other first eliminated girls looking at what you've done with your platform um as one of the first eliminated girls and then to see what vanessa has has had the opportunity to do um with her you know 15 15 seconds 15 minutes and and then you know reap that chance to i guess spin around or even push push further for the team of first eliminated girls or first out queens how do you yeah, how do you feel doing about great. that yeah okay I,
1: I i love what she's doing i mean go you know good honor like they gave her a moment and she really you know sees the opportunity and is really flying high with it and i've met vanjie a handful of times now and. She never ceases to impress me with how professional she is and how seriously she takes the business of drag. Like, this is her job now. And she worked very, very hard to not be captured in the idea of, you know, just that one image. She's working very, very hard to, you know, make people see beyond that. And I feel like what she's shown on the show thus far on this new season is really, you know, pushing people's expectations of her. And I think she's really succeeding. I'm excited to see where she goes with it. And again, it's just like, it just goes to show it's not really a death sentence anymore. Like, Kelly did what she had to do to show that, you know, this wasn't something that's going to hold her back. I did my work. Vanjie is certainly doing her share. And Soju, I'm sure, is doing amazing things as well. She's got that great soul train party in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And she's making music. Like, the girls are working. You know, don't let me fool you. And that's... Yeah. yeah man she's a prime example of that she is working she's made a career okay and and speaking of that
0: one of the questions that i posed and we kind of touched on this a little um and it was brought up by lisa summers actually if um they were say a rupaul second chance season and you were cast in it who and have the option to recast um, your teammates? Who would you
1: uh, cast with you? You know, I'm going to go out a limb and say what might be considered an unconventional answer to this. Um, okay. I wouldn't want to be on a second chance season. Okay, um, if I were to ever be asked for all stars, I'd want it to be under the merits that they saw me as a valuable competitor amongst the other girls. I don't want that to be the gimmick as to why I'm deserving of being recast on that show. Because I feel like there is so much more to me than that.
0: Okay. And that actually, that's a very fair and honest answer. I mean, I don't blame you with the work that you put in. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that you. Been... I would never want to be locked <laughs> you know? in
1: a gimmick like that. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. I'm very flattered when people, you know, bring that up and they say like there needs to be redemption season and all of this. But it's like I don't think we really need to redeem anything. If anything, it's just the casting needs to take chances on people and take more risks.
0: Okay, heard <laughs> 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 um with the casting yeah, as far as the the role. um that you played on this show or that you were prompted into um, in your moment there, do you feel like it was like a fair role and not a fair enough role? Do you feel like you were just in there trying to, you know, show who you were at that time and, and, you know, stay true to yourself or.
1: There would just, be a high level of dishonesty if I were to sit around and has many years has passed since and act like, you know, everything was out against me and, you know, the odds are stacked against me. Like I was given a chance and I was given an opportunity. I probably should have spoke a lot more than I did. And I had a tendency to, at that point in my life, edit what I said. I think it's just training from being, you know, in retail and everything. You're taught to conduct yourself a certain way in a public setting. And I had known girls that had been on the show before and basically spoken stories and seen the way girls get treated after the, the fact on the show by the fan base, you're kind of, you know, producing yourself to an extent. And I did the amount of that myself where I wouldn't partake in certain arguments or anything because I couldn't myself see myself as somebody that talks about drag herstory and how drag is valid and how we all should get along. And then to be seen in another light, you know, argue with somebody over something petty on television, it just didn't mesh well with me or how I wanted to have myself be seen on television. So that was something I was wrestling with while I was there. And I guess it must have shown through as me being insecure, but it was mostly just me being in my head about how, like, I don't want the world to see me a certain way that I'm not. I'd rather just be seen as somebody that stays out of it rather than, you know, jumping into a petty argument just to get TV time.
0: Okay. Okay, not at all. Um, fear, fear, how, uh, you know, um, I've noticed that with a couple of the other girls, you know, aside from Mystique, and I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there has been, you know, that, that placement of the image that's left after, left to be seen. So it's, it's that fear of, uh, of saying too much or doing too much and, and what that final outcome or that final video to show the world is, which, you know, I, I guess I tend to have noticed that if you if you would have had this, the knowledge now, oh, I love dogs. <laughs> uh, if you'd have the uh, knowledge that you have been now to go back and let's say All Stars um, was your recasting, do you feel like you could live up to the challenge to make it to the end, or do you think with the challenges and how they're set up now, it would take a whole new skill set?
1: Um, I think from what I know now, I'd be fine going back to the show. Because again, like All Stars is a completely different setting. You're there with girls that you know and that you've worked with on the roads, like you know who they are. Going to Drag Race, especially coming from where I came from, I love all drag. I love drag queens, so To sit there and have to eliminate people that I barely know and learning their stories for the first time and just being in the trenches with the girls and learning their, like, damage. You feel a a sense of guilt when you're there in, like, an actual season. At least I did. Like, I couldn't think of them as my competitors because we would gotten so close as sisters. And that was something that was difficult for me. But for All-Stars... I know all these girls. So it's like, right. <laughs> it's clearly like the competition's on. Who cares? Right. It's like, you, you know all the dirtiness. You know all the dirty secrets. You know how it all works. You know you know how the show works. So it's completely a different setting. You're not afraid of anything anymore. Okay. You, in essence, have more power. I feel like a lot of girls <laughs> have a lot more power than they think they do. Well, yeah. Okay.
0: And, and do you feel the power comes from the drag race fan base or do you feel it's just more like um that whole energy that we harness
1: as uh, queens on stage like you know i'm here and i'm that bitch i feel like it's a combination of multiple things those two would definitely play a huge part of it but i feel like also when you're a girl from the show that's traveling and you've worked it and you've had to be on your own for so long and you've had to run yourself as a business you have a sense of you know, control and a level of experience and wisdom that a lot of girls who are getting on the show for the first time don't have because they aren't traveling businesswomen. They are, for the most part, doing a gig here and there in their hometown. Very few of them had had careers as drag performers or entertainers before that. So when you are coming into a competition with a bunch of other girls who are like-minded like you that have been working the same circuits you have, you've come up with them. You know how everyone is. It's a completely different atmosphere. It's essentially more like a reunion than it is, you know, a competition. Whereas okay. the, the natural competition, the real competition is, you know, that's the weird things you have to grapple with because you don't know any of these people. So you don't know what to expect. <laughs> so you're powerless in that aspect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and pulling from that, like,
0: to... um queens out there that may not be like, um, I guess experienced, uh, career girls or business women that travel. Um, what, what is some advice that you would give them as far as, as divulging into that? You know, I, on my end, I've, I've had to let do you know, that grunt work so it's no figuring out contracts on my own and making sure they're solid and you know how to do the deposits and all that but for for somebody who doesn't know or have any guidance that's trying to get into that
1: what would you say you know for them it's hard because it's something that can't really be told you kind of have to like live it you have to experience it like you have for me i was lucky and unlucky in the regards where i got eliminated early so I never formed as many strong sisterhoods with any of the girls. Only like a few girls. I actually were still talk to and I traveled predominantly on my own. I never toured with cool. anyone else for the most part. So you had to learn how to be by yourself on the road and how to, you know, cheer yourself up and how to not get lonely and how to handle business things and how to talk to promoters and learn the protocol for talking with promoters and, Being, you know, essentially a good egg and leaving a good impression. It's something that has to be basically learned. You have to learn how to deal with people in a cordial manner, even when they're being rude to you. Like, you have to be nice all the time. And it is difficult. Some girls do have a problem with doing that and leave bad reputations behind. And I've been very lucky in that I'm very easy to talk to. So... (laughs) And I'm very low maintenance. That's one of those things. It's like the balance of how much am I worth versus how much are people willing to put up with. And that's something that really is different for everyone. Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't have a full answer for that one, girl. It's (laughs) fine.
1: It's hard to answer that one.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, like, I mean, even with you saying that, I think about that and, you know, when I started getting introduced to the business side of drag, um, which I can say, you know, in the same aspect, I guess I was fortunate um, to be around. I just. It was a lot because I didn't know I didn't really understand the the booking yourself and the, um, and, and having a solid booking. Um, and and playing travel
1: agent, it's a nightmare.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and it's like, nobody, nobody helping you. It's like, okay, I agreed to be here and now like, how, how are we getting here? And then it's like, well, why didn't I include this there? And now it's like, you
1: know, um, but yeah, yeah to, you essentially to, you have to learn how to build up your own contract and your own writer just from experience and trial and error. It's a nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, am I asking too much? Is this not enough? What am I doing? And then you got to be aware of the users, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, I want to do this and it would be nice to do and be helpful. But at the same time, it's like, how many, you know,
1: yeah, is it gonna, <laughs> are the positives <laughs> you know? going to outweigh the negative? Yeah, you know. Like yeah, you know. yeah, it's a hard balance. It's a hard, you know, rope to walk because a lot of the times you want to be there for everyone, but sometimes it's just, you know, the cards are so stacked against it. It just wouldn't be a wise move to do.
0: Yeah. And you. Let's jump back a little bit. Let's touch on your YouTube channel um, because I know that's a since we're since we're talking about um, being uh, business professionals. Because I, um, I know you say you put a lot of work into your channel, um, and I know alone just from editing um, and video editing, and if you are OCD about certain things, (laughs) you know uh, (laughs) how much time one uh, can put into. Video editing, um, so not alone for coming up with con- content and the editing, and actually getting all dolled up and ready for this video. Um, since you, for the most part, you, actually, I don't think of no, I've seen a couple of you um, as the manager, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but for the most part, like all the preparation for um, for that, because I see a lot of newer or I see a newer trend where it's more let's get in drag and take a cool photo and and Photoshop it and, and that's it. And now I have all these followers. So now I'm important. And I feel like there should be so much more, (laughs) there should be so much more to it than just putting a look together, especially if you're not, you know, and that aspect uh,
1: of traveling in a bar or, or I'm, something What do you, <laughs> there's yeah. something to be said for the girls that can get all dolled up and get an Instagram following and don't perform. Like the fact that that is, a, you know, an aspect, a level of drag that I wish I had where I could just do that and not mm-hmm. have to do everything else. But you, you know, I don't knock it because I can't stress enough that all drag is valid. No matter how mm-hmm. often or how little you do it, or how much, what you we know, what process a certain girl takes to get there, you can't knock it. It's just rude to do. And you know, in the has in our past, like there have been queens that have never performed a day in their life, but they're famous for just being a look. Mm-hmm. Like half the girls in the clubs, like club kid girls, were that way. They never performed ever. But we know them for these remarkable looks and these striking, you know, you know, appearances uh-huh. like they are ingrained in our memories. And like, you know, everyone is leads their mark somewhere. And if that's what the newer generation is doing, all the power to them. For me, I come from a different cloth. I am a performer and YouTube was just a means of an end to promote myself when I started it. I didn't get booked a whole lot in Wisconsin, so you had to create your own marketing. So that's essentially what my YouTube started out as was just a way to market myself otherworld elsewhere. Because I couldn't get booked locally. And then it, you know, blossomed into a much bigger thing where I actually learned about myself that I like teaching. And I like, you know, giving tips and advice because I never got that when I was coming up. So if I learned something new, I wanted to share it. And I am happy because, like, a lot of those certain Instagram queens that a lot of people knock, like, they watch everyone's content and they certainly have stumbled across some of mine. And if they've gotten anything from it, I'm happy. So if mm-hmm. that's what helped them get to where they are, you know, I'm hoping, you know, you know, I'm hoping all the best. I don't want to, you know, knock it, even though it's like people like to be very negative and knock somebody for or basically try to make drag into like a a sport like you know you Uh have to do it a certain way or it has to be done a certain way in order for it to be valid that's nonsense i don't believe that and again i think that's a lot of things that are meant like learned from the media and the way drag is consumed by the media and the way it's portrayed we have a certain idea of what it is and what and how it is done and it's kind of like that weird you know line we have to walk now and i'm hoping you know it changes the trajectory of it all changes and people's perspective on it all changes to where it falls a little less of you know i'm somebody that you know dresses up and performs in a club at a certain time to you know you can just dress up or not even dress up just do it whatever you do just be good at it that's the only thing i i That's the only standard I ever hold.
0: Okay. (laughs) Right? If you're going
1: to put yourself out there, just be good. Right? Just don't suck. (laughs) Because if you look bad, we we all look bad. Right.
0: And if you suck, be good at sucking. Just consistently suck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And And there are queens that do that where they are perfectly
0: busted. And I love it. (laughs) It, like, you know, it, everybody has their thing, um, and, and I think that's a very fair statement to say. Like, whatever you do, be just be good at it. Um, okay, this is, I think we're, like, relaxed now into, like,
1: <laughs> the questions. Um, oh, I started this interview relaxed, sweetie. <laughs> oh, oh. She's got a glass of shot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: That's why we keep it a little later sometimes, so we don't feel bad about going through a bottle of Chardonnay or bourbon <laughs> <laughs> and talking. I'm like what? Like it's been two hours. Okay. Um, let's get a little bit into like you know a couple of our general questions about um, James. Um, if James had not have gone to RuPaul's Drag Race, or if you not been on RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, do you feel that you would still? Uh, I'm trying to see how to reword this. Do you feel feel that you would still be reaching for a platform uh, to allow yourself to travel and entertain more, or do you think you would have if have the current focus um, have your focus now uh, as now where you're still?
1: working on content for your channels and that would still be your primary. I mean, depending on how, you know, the scene had changed here in Wisconsin, like Milwaukee, where I'm from, the scene was evolving to more of an artsy scene. And I was getting a lot more work as the show was beginning from my home bar dicks. They were kind of reshaping their scene to be more like Chicago's. And I was working a lot more when I got on the show Like I would say the most I performed was like once or twice every month. So in Wisconsin, that's a big deal for a camp queen because normally it's once or twice every couple months. Right. Okay. So I feel like I probably would have just kept going with the flow and eventually had elevated my drag even more beyond what it was. But the fact that I got on Drag Race... I'm happy for it because it gave me a discipline and it taught me a lot about drag that I needed to learn and I wouldn't have necessarily had gotten in Milwaukee. I would still be doing the YouTube. I'm sure of that, but I would probably be doing a lot less because I've been working a real job. So balancing it all and trying to work towards more, I guess becoming more of an influencer. Okay. okay. I probably would have leaned more into that just because That's honestly the content that helps you out the most. And yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I never really like reflecting on it because it was a weird time for me. Like I was happy, but not that happy. It was more content and settling Mm -hmm. because when I got on Drake race, I was, it was my final time I was ever going to audition. I was done. I had auditioned five times and figured like, that's enough. That I'm, right. you know, stressing myself out, or something that's probably not going to happen. So, I would have settled into just being a YouTube person and being a performer here and there in Milwaukee, and that would have been enough for me. Okay. So the fact that I got on it really changed a lot for me and gave me a whole new, you know, outlook on my drag that I desperately needed and didn't know that I needed.
0: What do you feel? You said you, um, being on Drag Race, it it gave you um, a window into uh, things that you needed to learn. You know, I know we discussed more about learning uh, the business uh, side of drag. But what else do you feel that you um, were your takeaway and what were some of those, you know, elevations to your drag that you did receive or
1: or even taking note to that you needed to work on? I'd say I came into it as a fan of drag race and mm-hmm. I left it more knowledgeable of what it's like to go through it and what it's like to treat other people that had been on the show. Cause I had been one of those people that was very dismissive towards other people and was very opinionated about things I knew nothing about mm-hmm. and having go- been there and having gone through it and surviving it, like you understand a whole lot more and you have a whole new Outlook on exactly what the girls go through and what we have to deal with after the fact and how toxic some of the fan base can be to you and learning how to not take things, you know, to heart and how to not let people hurt you. That was something I never had to deal with before. (laughs) And when I debuted on the show, like I was hit with a real nasty wave of negative, you know, comments and People having opinions about the style of drag yeah. i did which which was different for me because i was used to people not understanding me but i was not used to hundreds of thousands of people not getting you you know
0: right <laughs> <I understand. laughs> okay so it was like a bigger culture shock like what
1: <laughs> yeah like you're not you don't really know until you actually are in it and you're like trying to Figure out, like, what did I ever do? It's like (laughs) like, I don't even know you. Exactly, it's like you don't even know me. And there's theories and all this. People (laughs) just take it so seriously, and it's like, I mean, it was intense to be there, and it was uh, definitely an experience. But like, I never felt the need to like feel like it was, you you know. a matter of my life or death to my experience on that show. I was like, I was on a TV show. That was all what? it ever was for me, but people take it very, very seriously. I've learned.
0: Well, yeah. Hasn't that been a trend as of late? Like lots of death threats to the Queens because like there are two Queens are arguing over Twitter. So like now the fans are chiming in and like,
1: yes, everyone has to lay in their sense <laughs> or they're mad at somebody because somebody else went home and, oh it's so silly it's just like the level of intensity i could never understand (laughs) i've never been that into something i
0: i I feel like i got a reality shock with all of that when i was just joking with one of my friends back when it was okay to like read each other on facebook and joke (laughs) and like the next thing i knew i was like I was completely attacked for like a hundred comments. I was like, whoa, like we're friends, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was like, that's a interesting thing. It's very much something that's happened within the past couple of years. Whereas like people's sense of humor have gotten a lot different and a lot of things yeah. don't like a lot of things do not get by people anymore. Which, in essence, is nice because I guess it teaches people that rely on those comedic crutches to finally do away with them. because yeah. a lot of them, you know, were hurtful and they do have negative connotations. That I don't think a lot of people saw the bigger picture in. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. you know, I don't, you know, despise PC culture. I don't look down upon it. I mean, it does have its benefits and it is a step you an easy step to get over when it comes to like a bigger picture. Of treating people better and accepting more people but yeah it's definitely one of those things where even i've had to like tone down my sense of humor because when i was before i was on drag race i was very much you know i wasn't that politically correct and a lot of my mm-hmm. humor stems from a lot of that and you learn to just you know be a better comedian <laughs> like, don't rely on okay. those low-hanging fruit okay <laughs> reach for the
0: stars climb to the top wait what is it bop 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 your way to the top
1: (laughs) i mean yeah this question really got off track but yeah (laughs) we went from what like how did i (laughs) from drag race to
0: yeah (laughs) i mean that's i you know i want that bit of chaos and drag dish you know we're in this question and how do we get all the way over here because you know it, it's always a deeper story that some people are afraid
1: to divulge into you know like I mean yeah like it's one of those things that, Like it's a lot of things I think like, a lot of people have difficulty in where they have to unlearn certain things or do mm-hmm. away with certain things because they can't see the fact of, like yeah this joke was funny but it was funny, right. you know, back in 1976. It's not funny now. <laughs> right, you know, it's like. It oh, didn't age well, married. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ugh.
0: Trust me. I know. I'm like, oh, here's <laughs> my joke. Womp,
1: thanks. There were a couple of songs that I had back when I began Drag that were about, like, you know, being a chick with a dick that I have done away with since because, like, it's not going to fly anymore. <laughs> Yeah. You can't do that you know. stuff anymore. It gives the wrong impression. It sends the wrong message and it doesn't help anything. Mm hmm. You're not, there's a greater cost and like, you know, there's greater things out there than having to, you know, sing about garbage.
0: Which is like painful for me to hear because it's like the guilty pleasure to my spin on reading to children on a Saturday morning, you know? <laughs> 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 it's like. <laughs> but but I, and I guess that's also from like you know growing up and Dragon a nightclub. You know I used to oh, yeah dragging the
1: nineties like, where it was very you know all those great comedians that we love they all had filthy humor. Yes, and that was what I came <laughs> up on. Like I came up on Bunny and Head of Lettuce and Varla Jean even got very very dirty in her acts.
0: Right, you know, <laughs> and and now it's like it's acceptable to go and. We're doing a Disney on ice show in the middle of a hamburger restaurant, you know, Um, because we have kids in the audience. So it's like now we got to limit that (laughs) that amount of vulgarity. But then it's like, oh, I'm in like a twenty one and up club, so can I be that raunchy? Is it okay? Or like, (laughs) (laughs) it depends. You know,
1: (laughs) honestly, sometimes depends, and. That is something that you can't. I try never to knock. It's like the fact that there are children in the audience. and I do have to censor myself. I try not to resent that, because like yeah. the fact that a family is comfortable enough to bring their children to a drag show, you have to respect on some level, and you have to you know meet them halfway. It's part of being an entertainer. Is you know being able to meet people halfway sometimes and learn how to balance yourself. There's a lot of those great stars that, like Mae West always said, you had to be everything to everyone. You know, you had to learn to be a mother, a nun, a dirty, a dirty, like a dirty bird, like everything. Learn how to be everything for everyone.
0: Very true. And going forward in our little questions of of girls that have been cast since you've been gone, who would you say, um, was most like you and and new seasons are post the last
1: two, I guess. Um hmm. I'd probably say Trixie Mattel because she borrowed a lot of my shit for her season. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of his wits okay. were mine, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's Trick about it. Theory. I don't see anyone. Else. I think that's one of those weird things. Like I don't look at it in that lens. Like I don't think we're, any of us are any alike. I think we're all fairly different. It's <clears throat> yeah. That's my way around that question.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> your short stint um, on Drag Race, did anything happen to fall into your suitcase?
1: On oh, your did I
0: steal anything? So <laughs> you're asking. the only one that's like oh man, still something. everybody's oh. like it fell in my suitcase
1: <laughs> oh no I outright yeah. told them I stole it <laughs> I cleaned out that pink toolbox that was on my station and I stole a bunch of wig heads I stole the cheerleader costume we were supposed to return it's like you guys sent me home I'm taking this with me <laughs> <laughs> okay. my makeup's on it you're not, you're not getting anything out of this <laughs> it's funny <laughs> <laughs> I still have that cheerleader outfit too like yeah that's what the only thing I took from the set was that like I was supposed to give it back and I didn't okay it's fair. Oh. oh I will say that um that pink toolbox like the big container with all the supplies I did clean that out and later on Farrah took it and she had nothing to use <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>.
0: <laughs> that's too funny <laughs>
1: that's so funny um, <laughs> <laughs> not that you would know how to use those brushes anyway but you know what <laughs> <laughs> like oh girl <laughs> <laughs> um
0: okay so <laughs> what shows are you currently watching um
1: yeah what TV shows or yeah well, I'm binging um, TV, Netflix, whatever yeah what are you currently watching I have just finished the Sabrina season two, which I'm digging a lot. I just finished Glow uh, Game of Thrones. I'm watching now. Ah, okay. A lot of, I watch a lot of unnecessary TV because my husband watches it. <laughs> if it were up to okay. me, I'd be watching the same season season of The Golden Girls to the day I die. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly content just doing that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, those are the ones I'm watching right now. I really like the new reboot of Sabrina because I hated the original. <laughs> oh my god. And I like this one. I think it's different and fun.
0: Yeah, I will say I do love the darker the darker um view on it. You know, it's not
1: uh primetime television. <laughs> exactly. And like I know, it doesn't have Melissa Joan Hart, which is very good for me. <laughs> she bothers me for an unspecified reason.
0: okay (laughs) we won't even divulge into that (laughs) Repressed childhood memories okay I couldn't even tell you why I just never really was
1: born
0: (laughs) to if um, you were casting a movie uh, based on the uh, life of James Manfield or even a TV show who would you play to cast you and why Hmm. That's a
1: interesting or who would you question. Cast to play you? <laughs> I would probably cast who's someone that's known for being really, really gorgeous. Um, You know what? I'd probably cast Emma stone, even though she's way unqualified to play me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's not nearly as good an actress as I am. So it would really show through. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't even know. I mean, everyone's expecting it. it's like, oh, probably Rebel Wilson. Rebel <laughs> or Trisha Paytas.
0: Rebel is pretty funny, though. You know, <laughs> not not many girls can take a, a hot dog to the chest and actually feel it. <laughs>
1: this is true I mean, the, we have we yet to see you know her open up you know more but i'm sure she'll have her melissa mccarthy moment right <laughs> <laughs> okay um what would you say who is the funniest
0: person um in real life in real life every day um let you
1: know who do you think is the funniest person around in just real life or in the show in real life,
0: life. You don't even got to limit it to the show. Real life. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Everybody. Whoever.
1: Somebody that makes me laugh consistently. Um, I have to say people whose company I enjoy and that make me laugh that I actually watch. They're a small YouTube channel that are I've done videos with. The Nobodies. They do nobody's Watching Wrestling and they do a bunch of shows in Brooklyn. Ariel Italic, who's in that group, makes me cackle constantly. I think she's so funny. <laughs> And so witty. Okay. I, I'm fans of I'm a fan of drag and golden girls. That's all I got, sweetie. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a comedian, like, yeah, asked me.
0: <laughs> you're fine. Well, you no, know, we all have our things that we're into. <laughs> um, so obviously we know you watch Dr- Golden Girls and it's more drag-related hobbies. So what else do you do? Is it is it just drag related when you're not? Um doing those two things anything else no video games no ice skating
1: (laughs) you find it like I think a lot of people find it hard to believe that like my life honestly revolves around it it's what I'm obsessed with and it's what I try and like do the most with anything that I do I try and figure out how can I be in drag when I do this (laughs) (laughs) it makes it more fun even like playing video games I've managed to work being in drag for that (laughs) Okay. Okay. I haven't
0: gotten well, I do like to dress up like um video game characters. So I do like to cosplay a little bit. So
1: I, I don't love know it. about
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um if you had a magic wand, what show would you do next?
1: Oh, like a what kind of show do you mean? Like a drag show or a stage show or I mean Drag show, stage show,
0: make your own two. If I could have girls, it done
1: instantly whatever. like that, I mean I would like probably that. oh I would love to do sort of a scripted drag show, which I have been trying to like concoct, but it's so hard trying to write that stuff when you have really no experience on how to do it. Um, I okay. have written I have written and done woman shows and I am currently working on another one for Halloween. So that's essentially what I like to do. But I mean, if I could have my way and have an unlimited, you know, budget, I'd love to do like a scripted show with drag. Okay, Maybe, like okay. ensemble cast. Kind of like how Golden Girls, Designing Women was like a sitcom setting.
0: Yeah, cute. Um, would you keep it YouTube based, or would you would you start at YouTube and then push there, uh, push from there? You know, I, I would gonna...
1: always, I'd always shoot for the stars. You know, start somewhere yeah. and build it
0: okay okay cute she's got plans gang she's got plans (laughs) (laughs) thinking um, then and now I know we're just bouncing around it's nice to bounce around and not feel like we're asking all the same questions over and over and over um I know you said you censored yourself a lot on Drag Race. Would you say that was your biggest challenge that you had then? Um, and if so, how does it compare to where you um, are in your um, drag career now?
1: Um, I'd say it wasn't hard to censor a lot of the stuff that I had done or, like, take out a lot of the more, you know a little more offensive content that James was known for doing. It was easier just to do that because I grew up Catholic. So it was very easy to know what was right. <laughs> you know, you had that right into you right away. You know what to take out. So, I mean, okay, <laughs> that wasn't so much a hurdle. It was more or less like just trying to on drag grace. It's more or less just trying to navigate in that whole mindset of just being so isolated and being around a bunch of people you don't know who aren't necessarily the nicest to you when you meet them. A lot okay. of them were very, very frosty when I was there. And that was more or less just having to like understand that you're on a television show. That was something I never uh, really got a grip on. And that whole Hollywood okay. mentality I never really was able to mesh with because I was so used to producing everything myself. And when you have to give your control away to someone else, it can be difficult you know this as a content creator like you're in control of how you're lit how you're portrayed what you say right i I had no control of that so i mean that was something you had to deal with (laughs) i don't know how this i don't know how this straight man from you know sketchy one is gonna light me
0: (laughs) right okay can you can you get me more over here no no okay (laughs) Do we have a Maybe ring
1: that. light? I, I love a ring light for this yeah. confessional. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: no, we can't redo that. Not again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it
0: was more um, like it was just
1: like that balance of control was really frustrating because as a creator, I was in control of everything.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I can see how that is to let everything go and just be kind of ushered around. All right. That's, th- that's fine. Bye. And you look, but like,
1: <laughs> can I look at it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, it was great. <laughs> like I, I sneeze. We're <laughs> talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and, and just, just bouncing off a little trivia. According to uh, known Drag Race trivia, uh, Alexis, Michelle, RuPaul, and the producers, um, you are known to have had one of the funniest
1: auditions in Drag Race history. That is something that has been said, yes. <laughs> 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 I okay. did not believe it myself oh. until I heard RuPaul say it. It's like, oh, okay. I guess <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, I mean, what else do we have? yeah no, we, no go on, if you hear the more audition them, tape mm-hmm. process like the way I always go about that was like when I did them before I was very much projecting what I wanted people to think of me and I wasn't really just being myself and I didn't put a whole lot of humor in it because I wanted to answer anything seriously and show that I was a serious competitor but that's not who I am so when I did it I honestly approached it because I was my last year auditioning I didn't give a shit anymore so I just like here's right. what it is. Like, you know, I just talked like me and I just inserted all of my humor into it and all of my influences and it clicked. They liked it. Okay. And that's the most that's the best advice I can give you is be yourself, but treat it like your own pilot for a reality show. Like, would you watch okay. it? <laughs> that's how you should ask yourself after you watch your tape, <laughs> okay, would I watch this? Would I want to see more of this person? Okay. Heard. Noted. <clears throat> we also have
0: notes that you were the only queen in Drag Race history to never compete in a sewing challenge.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah. I mean, yeah you maybe don't know. that is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have it. They had the pageant my first episode which was not a good showing for anyone. Because <laughs> yeah. no one was prepared for it. <laughs> We all are in the impression it's going to be like a runway, you know, later on.
0: Okay, let's see. I'm saying I'm just going through like our basic little trivia (laughs) notes to make sure we touch touch on those in case
1: there's anybody listening that doesn't really know who you are. Is that from my Wikipedia page, the Drag Race Wikipedia? Yes. Um. Yeah. (laughs) The one that has me from Madison, even though I'm from Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm love not that, a part I mean, of it just, I, love that for me look <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know who edits this because actually I was reading one thing on here and I was like what but don't get me started um, but it is the source the easy source that actually does have all <laughs> of you girls all together so it's an easy source but it's not a critical
1: source here
0: right <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's why I pull from that source and it's ask you directly. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be like, "No, bitch, no." Um, <laughs> let's see what. I of course we know we can always go to your uh, social media accounts for you, YouTube, your Instagram, your website, uh, Twitter, and we can see new uh, content from you, and we can see older content from you. But is there anything, uh, any projects in the work outside of your norm uh, that your fans might want to,
1: you know, keep an eye out for or stay tuned in for? Oh, yeah, I've mentioned it before. I'm working on a Halloween one-woman show. So hopefully okay. I'll have that done by, you know, October so I can have it <laughs> okay. ready. So we'll see what happens okay. with that. Otherwise, you know. I'm always online. You'll always be able to find me. I like that about me. I'm readily available for those that want me. Okay. She's there. <laughs> you heard it. She's got it. Um,
0: yeah, let's even touch on this Halloween show since um, we're back to that. Is it, you know, you're doing a one-woman uh, show. Is it going to be Halloween-themed? Or is it just, um, you know, I want to do this show and I want to push
1: it at Halloween so like Halloween time? Oh, it's Halloween-themed, definitely. I wanted to take the approach of, you know, a slasher film set to stage. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If that makes any sense. (laughs) No,
0: completely. Someone with theater background, I understand. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
1: Yes, theater background. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Did you work in Um, lighting? I
0: did not uh, do a lot of lighting, actually. I was more uh, on stage. I was too... My friends actually pushed me to do more uh, ensemble roles than anything. I would have loved to do lighting or... Oh, ensemble. Were you a start. train? <laughs> i <I'm kidding. laughs> <laughs> uh, I once played a son and... <laughs> Actually, I haven't played a tree.
1: If we as tall as I am, I should have. Uh, I mean, as far as <laughs> theater is, it's just you and your outfit with a sign that says tree on your chest.
0: <laughs> as I did get to uh, play uh, Reverend Sykes in To Kill a Mockingbird, and I also got to play a black person in the chorus of The
1: Music Man. <laughs> so we weren't so... too
0: politically correct. <laughs>
1: Why does that happen as often as it does? <laughs> I've heard of colorblind cl- casting, but this is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so you know, had a little moment. Um... <laughs> <laughs> colorblind casting. I wish there were there was more of it. Trust me.
1: Oh, honestly. Especially.
0: When... <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah, so, um, there, so we've touched on your Halloween show that's coming up that you're hoping to have done, which hopefully, um, by then we've swapped to our video channel because, you know, baby steps when introducing new content. Um, I'm loving this (laughs) for (laughs) you. Thanks. Um, so that is something that I I am taking baby steps because I'm like this. As being a businesswoman, branding and growing in the brand, like it's all like it's a big transition for anybody listening. So it's not like, hey, there's this cool new thing that I want to do, like, I'm just gonna jump into it, you know? I did videos, rough videos back in the day, but coming back I won't have this whole ideal of how I want to produce it. So I want to produce it right. And if I'm going to spend hours editing, then I want to do everything right. But anyways, uh, my idea was, (laughs) we will, um, I would definitely love to have you back um, for Drag Dish when I get into that aspect. And maybe we can have some more visual uh, play, maybe um, do a tea time. So a little bit later and actually have a glass of wine or two while we chat. Love it. Yeah. Um, Let me know.
1: I'd love to be on the video, the video chat. I mean, it, it warms my heart to know that I helped you in this grassroots version of the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful, you know, because, um, I've had a lot of, and, and, and just saying, because, you know, I've had a lot of girls that have shown interest and having the homoculture.com, you know, as a pushing platform, uh, of something that I've already wanted to do, um, And knowing that I get to do this write-up with you, but on the side, I got to do all this and have this other personality and an actual getting-to-know-you-more moment outside of the show. Um, It's something that's cool that I get to share with listeners, whether they be your fans or, you know, my fans. So, I'm very excited to to present this again for, you know, getting to know you. I do look forward to, like working with you and, and seeing more content from you and that's me being all sappy Am my like from the producer moment you know <laughs> um <laughs> uh is there anything else that you want to share any social media shout outs you want to give you know about yourself any um hidden moments or dish that a lot of people don't know um since you are a very humble queen and
1: and I, know I mean, that. as long as it goes, my life is an open blouse. If you wanted to know anything about okay. me, I probably shared it. <laughs> down. Okay.
0: And again, as far as dishy things
1: uh, about Drag Race, I wasn't there long enough to be jaded about it, so.
0: <laughs> and not even, and that's fair, I I just want if you have an opinion, um, especially, like, you know, from being there on your one episode, Um Two, but yes, two. one. <laughs> <laughs> two, three. Uh, you know, but I, just, I feel it's it's fair. You know, whether you were there for that one episode or you were there for you know the whole season, your opinion is, and my opinion, so much more valid than opinions of other people that have only watched the show from their couch. They didn't go through, you know, the experience. You know, the the filming of the commercial. The the shoots, the hate, the hate mail. You know, the um, questioning themselves after seeing it. You, you know, they didn't go through all that experience, so you have a much more valid opinion, and
1: and I want to hear it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> and, guess and like the only thing I really can remember that ever got on me or it never really got on my skin, it just kind of I thought it was kind of funny how it never happened. Was when we did our promo, we had this big, you know, production where it was, you know. The f- it's us as like naked guys and like the dust and paint fly at us and we burst into our beautiful uh-huh. queen selves so we recorded like all these vignettes of us as boys which was the most uncomfortable thing in the world <laughs> as somebody okay. who is not in good shape that has made a point to never be seen that way I had to right. be like you know <clears throat> photographed on the, like a lazy Susan going round and round you know doing poses <laughs> as a boy mortifying (laughs) i laugh by it now but like i was scared shitless doing it and then on top of that i wanted to be the one to like make a good impression amongst producers like i wanted to show off so they had a handful of girls volunteer to have their costumes ruined so i of course i volunteer because i made everything myself so i didn't give a shit if it got ruined or not they were going to throw dust and paint and water and all sorts of stuff at us To create sort of like a liquefying effect, like we were being, you know, the elements were hitting us and we were forming into our queen selves. So me and three other girls agreed to do it and we got all of our stuff trashed and then they never ended up using any other footage. (laughs) Uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, damn it.
1: I was I wanted to be pissed, but like everything I made was like from the discount bin at Joanne Fabrics that just made it look expensive. Okay. <laughs> so like I didn't lose <laughs> out on anything, but some of the girls were pissed because they had like okay. designer costumes made that they trashed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, I took a little shot in Freud with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like meh, all right. And they laughed like that cartoon know. dog <laughs> from the Wax <laughs> Racers,
1: like. <laughs> uh that was one moment that always sticks out in my mind that's a good memory from Drag Race (laughs) are we going to see
0: oh what I was was just clearing my throat (laughs) oh Oh, I was like oh what epiphany Um, are we going to see a uh, House of Mansfield anytime soon
1: Oh like daughters? Yeah. I don't have drag children. I'm I'm barren. <laughs> I can't. I mean it's okay. a very sensitive subject. I can't have children. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I mean I like to think that anyone that learns from me if they want to call me like their drag godmother, go on ahead, but you know, I'd rather somebody just be their own person okay i think you're better off that way i never had drag parents that were that you know heavily involved in my life and i think i'm a better queen for it
0: (laughs) (laughs) right right the community raised me i understand as a drag foster child (laughs) (laughs) i was passed along got left on a couple doorsteps picked up returned, and you know here i am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> cash to be paid um, upon
1: delivery yes
0: <laughs> right that's c-o-d c-o-d oh my god three orders of 33.99 5.99 shipped and handling. i am on a tangent now you know i have had a like i said i've had a wonderful time chatting with you um i actually um hope to do some sad stuff away from this with you just because you have such a warming uh, and fun personality. And that's great. Um, thank you again for tuning in um, and taking time out of your schedule to spend an hour with us today on drag dish. You guys, this has been James Madfield, a Mansfield. I can't even talk. Who am I Get even dealing right. with now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Naomi Winters. <laughs> Anything else you want to say as we close
1: out? Oh, no. It was great getting to talk to you, Naomi Smalls. I loved you on All Stars 4. Loved you. Especially the thing you did with Manila. It's fabulous.
0: And that's been today's episode of Drag Dish. Remember okay, to hashtag bye. Feel Your Beat Boo and follow me at NaomiWinters.com. See you next see time. It, Where's my, my, my runway? Where's my runway?